0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Audio Project with Dina Tierney. Today's episode is actually a replay of a podcast I was on called What Makes Them Tip? And in this episode, you will get to learn about the background of Pacific Point and really just learn more about Pacific Point in general. I hope you enjoy.
1: Hello and welcome to What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. I'm Jeff. And once again, I have the privilege of talking to amazing people who are really innovating in their particular entrepreneurial space. And we get to hear their stories. And today, we're talking with a woman who has extensive experience in IT and tech positions at a variety of companies prior to starting her own. And she has helped global companies transform into customer-focused organizations. She is passionate about inspiring youth, especially young women, to pursue careers in technology. And currently, she is the founder and CEO of Pacific Point, Inc. Here to share her journey and insights with us, Dina Tierney welcome Dina.
0: Hey Jeff thanks for having me. It's
1: oh we're so be- we're so grateful you're taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, so I want to get uh, before we go I really want to get into your journey and talk about like kind of how you got to, to this point today but before we do that tell our listeners exactly what Pacific Point Inc does. What, what's your what services do you guys do and offer there?
0: Absolutely. Um, well, the shortest version is that we are a Salesforce consulting partner. And hmm. what that means is that we help customers, um, our, their businesses, their organizations, and help them implement Salesforce for their companies to help them market, sell, and serve their customers more efficiently and more effectively to help them grow their businesses, really.
1: Awesome. And you founded the company. How long ago was that?
0: Uh, we are coming up close to ten years, so this year will be our ten year anniversary in July. So I'm super super excited for that.
1: Yeah, um, that's a big milestone.
0: Yeah, it is. Ten years is is it's a uh, it's a big one. So we're excited for that.
1: Awesome. And uh, so let's let's go back then. Let's talk a little bit about how you got to that. But I know you didn't you didn't graduate college and immediately become a CEO. So I know there was a, a lot of stuff in between that you learned. And and uh, tell us a little bit about like your your journey. Where where did you start? this journey to being CEO?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm originally from Texas, and so I was living um, and working in Texas as a software engineer, that's how I started my career. Um, very early in my first job, I started doing customer relationship management system implementations. Mm. And so I got my hands uh, really all into customer relationship management from really the start of my career. And then my career progressed. Uh, started doing more consulting services um, across a range of clients, and really um, like worked my way around. I mean, I think when it comes to the space of tech, you know, I started as a software engineer. I was doing business analysis work. I was doing project management work architecture, Um, so a variety of, of, of things that really helped me understand the ins and outs of implementing this type of technology, and also all the use cases. And so I was living in Texas, I was a traveling consultant Monday through Thursday, always on the road. And reached a point where I was like, you know, I don't really want to do that anymore. So I ended Mm. up um, moving to Hawaii, which is where I am now. This is the view behind me. I was admiring that, yeah. (laughs) Downtown Honolulu. Um, And so I thought, you know, maybe I'll live in Hawaii for a couple years. I'll just kind of chill from all the travel and all the craziness that was um, at that point in my life. Um, And again, it was a great time. It was just like I needed a change. And so I hit that point and... um, Came here and started having other jobs that were in the space, and saw a gap in our market, at least in Hawaii, where um, even for the size of Honolulu, there just wasn't a lot of high value consulting services offered in our state. And I thought it would be great if someone would crack that nut because I was looking for, I was hiring people, I was trying to hire vendors and and people that could implement technology for us. And um, yeah, I was really struggling with it. So I thought, oh, that'd be good if someone could solve it. Um, It certainly wasn't at that point that I just decided I'm going to become an entrepreneur and solve this, (laughs) but, you know, I saw it and I went to another job and saw the same kind of thing happening where it was difficult to hire the right kinds of skill sets and resources. Um, So anyways, I decided, you know, we weren't ready necessarily to leave Honolulu, so decided to, to try it out and that was 10 years ago and now we've really... Um, we are the leading Salesforce consulting firm here in the state. In addition, we have a team in Denver, Colorado, where we're ramping up quite quite large. So I'm really mm. excited for that. And we also expanded into the APAC region. We opened up our office in Sydney, Australia, um, and we actually also opened up in Singapore. So I'm really stoked for you know where the future's headed for us
1: um, yeah. at a company. That's huge. Tell tell me about that first year, like when you when you or or maybe even right before that. That just that moment where it was like no, I'm going to do this on my own. Like, did you, did you have to side hustle for a while? Did you just, had you saved up enough and now you could start? Like, what was that like for you?
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, certain entrepreneurs, they certainly start with um, some seed or they they have a side hustle. I think in my case, I had a whole career, you know, I had a whole sure. career before I became an entrepreneur. So I was in a, in a fortunate position um, to, to not have to, you know, do anything crazy when it came to finances. And I could really take my time and really dive in to um, do it. Plus, I think also the kind of industry that we were in, it wasn't like I needed to go buy, you know, 1500 trucks or a whole bunch of refrigerators or anything mm. like really expensive assets really I, it was me and a computer right and i could get out there and start selling things there wasn't a large overhead the biggest overhead really started to come when you start hiring people because mm-hmm. you have to put you know a little bit of money ahead of time but um to be honest that's that it was really simple i will say the first year though um is one of those things where you think things are going to happen faster than they do, and I think that that would be a big thing. I would even if you have the cash and you're in a good spot and you feel like you're confident, you got the skills, it's it's never going to be as quick as you think. I mean, maybe some, maybe for some lucky ones out there, sure. you know, things happen. But from the moment of starting to the moment of really kind of growing and building something, there's there's um, a period of time that it takes.
1: Yeah. yeah. And how long did it take for you, do you think? like, What, what were some of the, the the steps or even maybe some of the obstacles you felt were in, in the way when you first got started?
0: Um, you know, I think when you first start, people don't know who you are. They don't know mm. your brand. And even though people maybe knew who I was personally, I think taking the chance on you in a small business or just starting out company is some is a barrier that you just have to accept that you're you know it's it's not that those people think you're crazy it's that the buyers have to make smart decisions for their companies and they have to also get approvals and there's a lot of reasons why that you know it's not as easy for them to even though they know that you could do the work but i think that you know i think pivotal things were certainly putting yourself out there a lot i mean i i was out um a lot i was I was um, meeting people, um, I was trying to offer help, you know, however, I could add value to any kind of um, client situation that I could. And so, yeah, I think, I think that was really it. And, and a lot of those relationships have continued to pay off today. I mean, some of my very first customers 10 years ago are my customers today. Mm. And so, you know, taking some of those chances in the early days have, has certainly paid off for the company.
1: That's great. So and and well let let's stop there for just a quick second because I think that's fantastic. I mean customer retention obviously is is huge. how what do you think are the keys to retaining a customer for a decade like that what?
0: I mean, look, I think it's doing good work like it was funny I was talking about marketing recently and you know it's like you know how did you grow the business and I was thinking back, you know I really didn't spend a lot of money on marketing. Um, I didn't you know, you know my website was like really ugly. I don't remember what it looked like, but you know, there's, there might've been a website, obviously, you know, right. The email domains, but there's really not much spent on marketing. All of the marketing was really me getting out, building relationships and establishing trust, establishing credibility and word of mouth. And really what it came down to for retention was the good work of the team, right? Mm -hmm. Good work sells more good work. Right. And so that was really, um, you know I think the the trick to it all was really making sure the team was delivering and, and elevating how we helped our customers
1: yeah so uh, again this is a huge milestone for you guys a decade uh, in business this year um, what do you think looking back over the past ten years where do you see areas that your company kind of innovated that really kind of dr- drove some of that success
0: yeah I think I think for innovation um, Creativity is such a big deal, and I think people don't think of IT people necessarily as creatives. Um, I don't think it necessarily meant that we were creating um, beautiful graphics designs because we certainly weren't, (laughs) but I think creativity in the day-to-day has really been important. How can we do something more efficiently for our customer? And maybe not always doing it the same way that you did before in terms of the way you execute your projects or the way you approach a problem that they have. And I think people don't think of IT and or consulting as a creative thing, but that's where you can start to innovate for your customers or are like, wow, you know, these guys are going to come with some fresh ideas. These guys, and mm. that's. That's really something that I think is um, is where our innovation happens. Is it's in those one on one conversations. It's in on in those one on one moments, um, and also within our team, how we how we demonstrate creativity in the like I said in the way that we deliver our work. Um, so those would would be the kinds of things that I would classify as our innovations. Um, you know, clearly we work on technology. We work with Salesforce and Salesforce themselves is innovating an amazing set of technology and solutions for our customers. And and of course they're hungry and eager to reap those benefits. But where we really come in is is that extra level of creativity that I think customers need um, and are looking for.
1: Yeah. And then, so uh, what do you think was kind of a tipping point for you guys where you, things were going, you know, along and that this like, okay, this is it. We're, we've got a groove. This is what, what had happened. What was that moment like for you? What would you say?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question because, you know, the title of the podcast being tipping point, I started thinking about that and I was like, wow, what, what was it? But the reality is I think that there's a series of micro moments and mm-hmm. all of those micro moments in aggregate really start to build. It's one of those things where you look at, Um, An athlete or you look at someone who's day in and day out doing the work putting it forward every single moment and maybe they take a couple steps back periodically, but then you look over your shoulder and you realize like wow I came this far. And I think that's really where I think tipping points happen. I think more practically, if I were to say a tipping point is is just, um, you know, any kind of contract in our space, you know, as it relates to consulting services that gives you some anchor and also gives you some some um, so anchor in terms of the growth of the business, but also giving you uh, the opportunity to do new things, giving you opportunities to have different challenges for your team, different challenges for your client. And that blend together where you have anchor plus like really cool, fun projects that might be smaller, but maybe less profitable. That blend is, has been a really key moment for us where we're like, wow, we're at, we're at this moment where we've got both, right? We're not worried about just the small projects and sustainment, and we're not just doing only sustainment, but we're doing, cool things too. Mm. So for me, I think from a practical perspective, that's what I'd say. But in the in a more broad sense, I really believe that it's those incremental moments that together just create this amazing um, accomplishment.
1: Yeah. And well, obviously those uh, that accomplishment has has been going well because you guys are expanding into other areas and stuff. And that's that's a big deal because a lot of companies there, it's like that's where they want to go. You know that you're you're starting to really see success when you can you can branch out from where you currently are into other places. Tell me a little bit about that process and kind of what kind of spurned that on for you guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that um, international growth was always something that I had my eyes on. I, maybe it's because of our geography uh, being headquartered here in Honolulu, where you know we look to. Um, the APAC region, and I think there's a lot going on in the APAC region. Uh, our time zones were super favorable to sort of work with the, mm-hmm. the APAC and uh, Australia, and New Zealand markets. Um, but I mean, I think strategically, it was one of those things where several. I mean, I, I would say like five years ago or more, I was looking international and trying to figure out how can we, how can we look beyond just Hawaii. But really, it was two years ago when we fully dipped in, or like we're in on this, we're going mm. for it. Um, and I think as, as you ask about the process, I think it was like first it starts with an acknowledgement that you've got to start looking, then that act of looking takes some time, and I think Australia and New Zealand just made a lot, Australia and the ANZ market and even Asiana made a lot of sense for us um, because of where their market's going in terms of their need for more Salesforce partners. Um, the the pool just the the demand I think is gonna is growing, I think in the Asia um, APAC region. So mm-hmm. it really started from a practical perspective in those ways. But in addition, we also build out our team in the US and so our we have a team in a like I mentioned, Denver, but also we've had a team for a long time in the Bay Area. So mm-hmm. You know, we've con- always kind of looking, um, but I, I think it was, I think it starts with that acknowledgement that you've got to look somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and again, like nothing really is like magic, right? So five years ago or more, like starting to look and recognizing it may not happen tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, but starting to have that forecast out there into the future.
1: Yeah. And going into a new market like that, does it feel, uh, does it feel almost like starting a business again, but in another place? Or do, do you feel like um, at least you have some, some, some credibility now, some reputation at least that you bring with it?
0: It's funny because, um, you know, I thought that it would feel different. I thought like, oh, you know, I've already created this thing that we have in the U.S. Uh, with Pacific Point. And so it, it'll be easier, you know, or it'll be like faster or whatever, but it is, it's really been like starting over, which has been, I don't know, I actually like it because maybe it's just the entrepreneurial spirit, but I'm like, at first I was surprised by it thinking like, Oh, well we have this whole other company. Like we're, we're not coming in cold. Like I did when I first started Pacific point, but the reality is that market has to, I have to build reputation there. I have to do a lot of the same things Mm -hmm. that I did. Um, before and it is like starting over and meeting a whole new crop of people and um, thinking the way that they think and looking at how I can address the problems that they face so it, it is like oddly like starting over we have more to pull from but it's just sure. um, it is like starting over yeah
1: and what's the future look like are there other markets you guys are considering or
0: yeah, I think um, our, our two main areas are definitely going to be um, Denver as a hub and kind of the region around it. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be in the Colorado area, but like that sort of region. I mean, the good thing about what we do is, is it we serve clients and companies that aren't just in our states. Um, so we are able to provide our professional services um, beyond just the states or cities in which we operate. Um, but Denver is going to be a large hub for us. And then also Sydney, Australia will be big. And then, like I mentioned, Singapore is um, our next on the horizon.
1: That's great. That's great. I mean, congratulations on all your success. I mean, that's huge. I think that's fantastic. I, w- I would like to shift gears a little bit to, to talk a little bit about yourself and some of the, the passions that you have. Um, I know that you guys are involved in the Pledge 1% movement. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, I pledge one percent's great. I mean, really, it's it's the idea that an organization or a business can impact the world for good, um, and bring to the table a series of um, values that you can have uh, from a socially minded perspective in your communities. And really, um, it's funny because we've we've always been giving back in different ways here in Hawaii and then um, and in other places. And about a, maybe it's been two years now, we officially just decided we're going to take the pledge 1%. Really what it is, it's one, you you pledge 1% of time, 1% of money, um, or 1% of, um, I think it's product or equity. And so you can donate in different ways. And so we've taken the 1% pledge on time. And so it's been really cool because we've done, um, specifically for youth, um inspiring them to pursue careers in technology so with fourth through eighth graders we've done a whole bunch of really cool things with stem conferences we've kind Mm. of plugged into existing events workshops mentoring um things um and we did one last year before the pandemic um, at an all-girls school uh, where we had a couple breakout sessions where we taught them how to build a lemonade stand on the salesforce um, app oh my gosh it was super fun, and they were they were great, like figuring out how to even, it was entrepreneurial really in a way, yeah. like, hey, you could run a babysitting business, or you could run any sort of business on this platform and really ch- keep track of your sales and, and build relationships with your customers. So we've done that. We've also done things with university. So those that are centered on IT usually will do professional mentoring, mock interviews, um, you know, and really help coach them get ready um, for entering the workforce. Yeah. So the things that we've been into.
1: Right. And is the hope, I mean, I, I work for a company that does sim- similar things here uh, where I live, that they're very, that's a software company. And so they're very uh, invested in the community here and in STEM and in that kind of thing in the hopes of raising up the workforce locally. So we don't have to go elsewhere, but we can actually, people in our community can work there. Uh, is that kind of what you guys see that some of these kids come up eventually are going to work with you guys?
0: Absolutely. That would be the dream is absolutely cultivating that next generation. I mean, even the students that we bring on from university, actually every year we've brought on, you know, multiple students from the universities um, in town and and bringing them on to be the next generation of consultants and future leaders is absolutely what we want to do. And starting as young as you possibly can, because they don't don't know what the jobs are. And it's funny because I tell them like, Believe me, Salesforce Consulting was not a job when I was a kid. sure, or when I was sure. In college. So, thinking about it, um, helping people think more broadly about career and uh, especially tech careers is, is where it starts.
1: That's great. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I love that uh, passion that you have for 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 bringing the youth, uh, especially girls. I'm a father of of uh, of three daughters, and so um, yeah, we got to inspire the next generation to do that. Um, And that's fantastic. So before we go, um, I do want to give you a chance to kind of tell people how to find you and your company and all of that kind of stuff. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Our website is PacificPointCorp.com, C-O-R-P.com. And um, you can check us out there we're also on a lot of the social channels, I have a podcast as well called the audio project that i'm firing back up so i'm excited to. Um, get going with that, so you can keep in touch there, and then, of course, all of our social uh, we're on instagram or on Twitter at Pacific point so it's um, yeah I would love to remain in touch with you and your audience.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to be with us today. I think you've shared a lot of amazing insights, and we really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Jeff.
1: No problem. Thank you listening for listening. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for each episode. This has been What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed, Everything. We'll see you next time.
0: All right. Episode's done. Hope you enjoyed that. Let me know. You can always reach out to me on social, at Dina White. And until then, I hope you have a great rest of your day.